The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, that was something to behold. That is a game that VCU should have never lost in a million years, and they found a way to lose it. And I am extremely frustrated. Welcome to Rams Rewind. If you like what you hear and you want to help us out, send a little money our way. There'll be a link in the description uh, on Podbean and the other various platforms this is on. Uh, We really appreciate it when you donate, and we thank you for doing it. This is going to be a tough recap because... For about 30 minutes, this was pretty darn good from VCU. There were moments, and we're going to get into all of them, where it wasn't. But about halfway through the second half, I was fairly confident they were going to win. And I was pretty pleased with how they were playing. And considering they didn't have Ace Baldwin, I was very they were doing really well. And so that's the first thing. Anybody that comes to me, or anybody that says... Oh, they didn't have ace ball one, and that was tough. I am not hearing it. I'm not hearing it because, one, Arizona State didn't have Marcus Bagley, one of their best players. And, two, for 30 minutes, they played very well without him. Very well without him. And that is a bright side Mitch McGuire foul shooting. Uh, for a team that couldn't hit the broad side of a barn at the foul line, they made 15 to 16 and remember, they didn't have a, they didn't get a foul shot. They didn't get any foul shots until the end of the half. Until the end of the half, end of the first half. And and they they made what? They made seventeen in a row before they five before Deloach missed, which probably actually kind of hurt the way things went out. But I don't want to hear the day Ace Baldwin excuse. That's for the committee, and if they're in a position. Where that matters, the committee can consider it. But that's not why they lost this game. That has contributed their composure to their lack of composure in the second half that cost them this game. But they didn't lose because of this because for 30 minutes they were doing just fine without him. They were doing just fine without him. And yes, they could have used him when they didn't make a field goal for the last 8.58 and they made one field goal for probably about the last 10 minutes. But they didn't lose this game because of that. They lost this game because nobody out there wanted to play as a team on offense. Nobody. They lost this game because they let Frankie Collins finally get rolling. The first shot he hit when he hit those three shots in a row, you can't do nothing about that. The other two, you got to stop the ball. You got to stop the ball. Mitch McGuire mentions a technical foul on Watkins. I'll deal with that in a moment because again, it it goes it goes to why they lost this game. 
It goes to why this team constantly gets a certain gets a certain place but can't get over the hump. But there was way too much one-on-one basketball in the second half. Way too much. That last 10 minutes, you weren't seeing the kind of ball movement you were seeing in the first half. You weren't seeing – I mean, by the way, they shot 50% in the first half. So, again, the the, the Watkins excuse the, – the, uh, excuse me, the Baldwin excuse, I ain't having it. In the first half, they had 14 made field goals on seven assists. Made five threes. They were doing well. God dang it. But too much hero ball. Too much one-on-one. Nobody passing. Dribble, 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 dribble. None. Jackson, Watkins, all of them. Ridiculous. You are not Bones Highland. You are not Marcus Evans or Vince Williams. I don't want to see any of these players except maybe Ace Ball when dribbling it that much. Move the ball. Pass it. Move without the ball. And Jaden Nunn, Jaden Nunn's got to learn how to play on the break because this is this goes back to last year with him. That guy never makes the right decision on the break. And at the key point, they get the steal. It's 57-57. You have a guy filling the lane. Give him the damn ball. No, I'm going to dribble it and take a terrible shot. And yes, there was contact, but not all contacts are foul. And he gets a charge, which probably wasn't the right call, but so what? If you pass the ball, you're not going to get a charge. And we're going to get the lead. Instead, oh no, I'm going to do it myself. I don't even look for my teammate in the... Fill in the lane. God bless America. And Cameron Hines and Doug Hines and other people in this in this chat, you're absolutely right. You want to know why there's people that can't stand Mike Rhodes as a coach? That's it. That is it. Because that is a game that should have been over. And I think it was 53-41. Let me look. The biggest lead they had. Let me go to play-by-play real quick as I do this. But I think it was 53, it was either 53-41 or 53-42. This game should have been over at that point. VCU was playing great. 52-41. That's the last field goal they made. Schreiber hits that three. 52-41 should have been over at that point. And you and you don't make a field goal the rest of the game. And honest to goodness. Finishing, here's another thing. Finishing through contact. This has been a regular problem with VCU. Nick Kern, God bless you. I think it was Nick Kern. It might have been Banks. But it's like you're trying to avoid the contact and take this weird, almost double pump layup. Finish through the damn contra- contact. It, Steve, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm angry and I'm frustrated. That's what I am. Because we are going to be talking about, for however many long I'm on here tonight, and for however long anybody's listening at podcast land, the same kind of nonsense we're always talking about. You know, you, you look at that run that got him back in the game. What happened? 
you get a couple of Nunez, you get a couple of three-pointers where you get magnetized to the basketball and they kick it out and they're one of their best shooters is, is wide open. Good gravy. You just, you can't do it. You've got to rotate, and that's fine. If you're rotating and everybody goes over, that's great. But if you're not rotating or somebody's not rotating to your man, you're officially not trusting your teammates, not playing as a team on defense, and you're not doing the right thing. And it happens over and over and over again. And I just don't get it. How many times do we have to have this happen before we learn the stinking lesson? Now, somebody mentioned it. Jameer Watkins, not just Tim, Jalen Deloach getting technical fouls. When you lose a game this close and you give away a technical because you keep running your mouth, I'm sorry. I'm getting real tired of that with Jalen Deloach. Because his Watkins technical wild Dumb and silly, which we will get to. And it was you, Mitch. Thank you. At least he didn't give away free throws. Jalen Deloach, you didn't get the call. You're disappointed because you did a great kick out. And instead of going up with the three, John's tried to take it off the dribble and he travels. Don't talk back to the ref ever! Ever! And honestly... I don't. I, I would be at the point where if he doesn't, I'm going to put him on the sideline. I'm going to put tape on his mouth, and when he's ready to come back in, I'm going to yank it off. I am tired of that. And yes, should Watkins have got a technical for what he did? Probably not. But honestly, why are you even doing it? Why are you even getting that tech? It's your third foul. We need you out on the floor. You had a great first half, and you get that foul whenever the bloody heck he got it. I'm trying to look it up now. And it's just like, dude, seriously. You got it. You're on the floor. You got to be about business. I know you want to have joy and you want to have fun on the floor, and that is part of it. But honestly, you're cl that's clown move. That is a clown move. And I, I'm just, again... When it keeps happening, then you blame the coaches. Because I understand you want people to enjoy themselves and you don't want to steal their joy in any of that business. That's fine. That's fine. But you can't do silly stuff like that. 16.54 to go. Watkins gets that technical foul. That's foul number three. It doesn't say that on here, but it is. And again, you want to know what you want to know one of the reasons they lost in the second half? This is Jameer Watkins' second half. He gets four fouls. He has one turnover. He plays seven minutes. He's 0 for 2 after getting 10 in the first half and playing great. So Jameer Watkins, you played yourself on that one, and it cost and it and it cost us dear. Because we needed him out there. We needed him out there. Oh, Four for 23 from the field. So even though, and that's the other thing that's just absolutely beautiful about this. Arizona State's 10 for 30 and comes back to win. That, that, just, that just should not compute. That should not compute at all. And I'll tell you what, there, <laughs> oh, there would there be some words in the locker room. 
because it's it's mental. This is mental. And the, and the, and the worst part is making those free throws. That's the hardest thing mentally. And they did that. They did that. They made the free throws they needed to make to win this game. And they don't take care of the other stuff. And you get technical fouls and you do silly nonsense and you lose the game. You lose the game. And you lose an opportunity to play Michigan on a neutral floor, which which is almost certainly going to be a quad one game. You lose that opportunity to play for a tournament championship because you are got your head up your rear end. Every stinking one of them. Uh, John Eckert, which technical are we talking about? Are we talking about the Deloach one or are we talking about the Watkins one? The Watkins one, there's a timeout on the floor. He's walking to the sideline, and Frankie Collins is trying to high-five somebody or DJ Horn is trying to – no, Frankie Collins is trying to high-five his teammate, and he goes up to do the five, and – Jameer Watkins high-fives him, and D.J. Horn takes exception and shoves him, and it's a double tech. Now, I really don't understand why Jameer Watkins committed a technical foul there or why that's called that. I suppose you can say it was instigating, but it's just it's ludicrous. It's a ludicrous thing to do. You know, and, and, and you just, why? 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 Why would you do it? You get into the bonus at the, at the under 16. And you can't win the game. And then, and then the other one, uh, John, was Deloach running his yap again. Which is unfortunately something he likes to do a lot of. And yeah, Rhodes is why, Doug Hines. This is discipline. The lack of discipline. The, the inability to maintain the kind of and – and here's the other, other thing. They only committed eight turnovers in the second half, which for them is not bad. You know, they had, they had 16 in the game, which is not great. But, you know, they didn't even lose the game because of that. They lost the game because they got in the same bad habits they always get in, except for foul shooting. They did that really well. And, yes, and Bruce Stevenson, you're absolutely right. You foul one of their best front court players, uh, Warren Washington, out of the game, and you let Brennan, you let Brennan get off on you for freaking five points in seven minutes, and you don't, and you go at him, and you can't score, and he's a dadgum freshman. You know, Brandon Johns has got to do better than that. Jalen Deloach's got to do better than that too. Man, alive. Well, they they used. I, I thought most of the timeouts he used were at the right time, Janet. I really did. I thought he used his timeouts at the right time for once. But that's, you know, they they just, again, they allowed Arizona State back into the game on multiple occasions because they weren't smart. They allowed Arizona State back into the game because they weren't disciplined on the, on the offensive end, and they weren't very disciplined on the defensive end in certain spots, and they can't finish through contact. And as Doug Hines rightly points out, they missed so many shots close in. And in some cases, they make the shot harder than it needs to be. Go and dunk the ball. 
Go and dunk it. Janet, that's a fair point, except here's the thing. They would have been out of timeouts. Remember, they were only down to one timeout at the end. But it's like, don't dunk the ball when you got the chance. Don't go for the simple layoff off the basket. You're trying acrobatic things and reverse layups and this and that and the other. And it's just, it is hard to take a loss like this. It is so hard to take. Because, I mean, again, Arizona State at best is a middle-of-the-pack Pac-12 team. So it's not going to be a great loss. It's not going to be like, it's not like losing to Connecticut or Baylor last year on a neutral floor. And at least in those games, you could you could laud their effort. Although in the Connecticut game, they did as many dumb, dumb nonsense as they did here. And when you look at the box score, you don't see a lot of really terrible things except for the shooting, obviously. Only out-rebounded by two. Overall, only out-rebounded out of three on offense. If there's anything you'd criticize them for, they were minus five on second chance points. And they were minus six on paint points, which is incredible given given the foul problems that, that Arizona State had up front. But in general, they played a pretty decent game for 30 minutes. They and 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 they have, you know, and, and they were in great position to win this game and put it away. And they were doing it without Ace Baldwin, and then they just fell apart. Oh, gosh. And so, yeah, it's Pitt against Jeff Capel tomorrow, which is a game they cannot afford to lose because Pitt's probably going to be pretty terrible again. And it's the early game, too. So I don't even know if I'm going to get done with working time to, to watch it and watch it live and do a live pod. We're going to cross our fingers and toes that I do. That is just, ugh. I mean, I, I can't get over this. That was absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. DJ Horn was 3 for 15 from the field. They did a hell of a job on him and Collins in the first half. I mean, that's that's the other thing. They let, they actually, I mean, they really stopped Collins except for that one stretch he had when he made the three shots in a row. I mean, he got to the line a bunch. But in the first half, and this is one of the reasons they were up seven points, Horn's two for seven, Collins is 0 for 1. And they have six points between them. And that's the other thing. If they'd have won this game, we would have been talking about that end of the first half where Josh Banks makes two big free throws after Arizona State misses the front end of the one-and-one and and Nunn makes a big three and makes another big basket and has a great defensive play. And, and, And they put together a run at the end of the first half which is something that we've had they've had struggles with at times is those final segments of the first half they put the big run and get up 7 and we were all feeling great because they should have been ahead by at least that much they put that run together at the end of the first half and then that second half and in, and again it was fine it was fine all the way through halfway in the second half And you just you can't blow opportunities like this if you want to get in that large. You can't do it. But it's the same thing. It, it again. It. I hate being a broken record. I hate talking about the same mess over and over again. But that's what happens. 
And you think about you think about Watkins and Nunn. You want to sum it up for the second half? Here it is. Watkins and Nunn in the first half, 21 combined points. Nine for 14 from the field. Three for five from three. Second half, 0 for 4 from the field. 0 for 1 from three. Two points combined from Watkins and Nunn. And that's, without Ace Baldwin, you cannot get away with that. You cannot get away with that. Golly Moses. And and again, Watkins, you played yourself with that with that technical foul. You absolutely played yourself with that. And and, and it's right, and everybody that's mad about the, the uh, non-conference schedule, it, it, this one hurts. Having, having Pittsburgh instead of Michigan is just a huge drop. I mean, what an absolute disaster that last 10 minutes was. An absolute disaster. Mike Rhodes, you've got to do better than this. You've put together a deep roster. You've got firepower, or you looked like you certainly had it the first two games. It went missing tonight in the last 10 minutes. Again, some of that's, some of that's ace not being there, but that that's you just can't you just can't cut it. That that's just not gonna cut any ice when you play that well the first thirty minutes without him. And you do that. You you come up with that nonsense and you blow a game where the other team doesn't even shoot the ball well. Doggone doggone Arizona State finishes finishes thirty six percent from the field, twenty four percent from three. It took them. It took them more than half the half of each half to get a three pointer. It took them. It took them. I think it was like there was about six or seven minutes left in the first half when they hit their first three of the game, and I think it was the same thing. It was about the same thing in the second half, and you still lose. You still lose. Not good enough. Not good enough at all. And 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 Mike Rhodes. Somebody, if you're not going to be the bad cop, somebody in that, somebody in that coaching staff needs to be the bad cop. And here's the other thing: some of these players need to sit a while if they're going to keep doing stuff like this. Some of these players need to sit a while if they're going to do if because you got that is the only punishment that's going to work. If if you cannot get it through their thick skulls by telling them, then sit. Sit next to me and watch the game. And I'm not talking about suspending anybody from a whole game, but sit them for a while and say, look, you got to get your head out of your rear end and think about your teammates. Because you're not thinking about your teammates when you run your mouth at the referee and get a tech. You're not thinking about your teammates when you get a tech for high-fiving the opponent, even if it shouldn't been. You're not thinking about your teammates when you drive into the lane and don't even look don't even look at the other guy and take a bad shot you're not thinking about your teammates when you dribble for 10 seconds and then take a fadeaway shot that's got no chance of going in zeb jackson that was you you're not thinking about your teammates at all when you're doing any of that stuff what jeffrey ackerman that's partly true they they didn't go inside as much as they should. The problem was when they would go inside, they would take off-balance shots. They would miss shots they should make. 
they weren't quite getting all the way to the rack and putting themselves in, diff, in, in, in difficult situations. And that was the problem. They were getting into the paint area. They were just not getting into the paint area in the right places. <sighs> when is this team going to be consistent over 40 minutes? When is this team going to remember how to play the right way and think about their teammates instead of thinking about themselves? Golly, Moses. There is no excuse for this tonight. No excuse. You foul out one of their best front court players. You got one of the two Cambridge twins in foul trouble. Collins ain't hitting anything. Horn ain't hitting anything. No excuse. And, and, and you know, somebody asked, what's it going to take with Mike Rhodes? I don't know. I don't know. Because, so, you know, the collapse last year should have at least woke a few people up. You know, blow that St. Louis game. Lose to Richmond in the conference tournament. One of the worst weeks of VCU basketball that any of us have ever experienced. And then, you know, you, you'd circle the drain in round two at Wake Forest. And, and you just wonder if, if we're going to go through this roller coaster again, if we're going to win a bunch of games, give ourselves a chance to do great things, and then just find a way not to do them and find a way to lose games when we should win them and find a way not to get the big wins. If we're, just, if we're setting ourselves up for another year of that stuff. Ugh. I am furious. I'm absolutely furious. And again... If 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 the play if the coaches aren't going to make the players accountable, then somebody in that locker room's got to make them accountable. Some players got to say, "Look, you can't do stuff like this." And I know that's a lot to ask of a twenty-year-old or a twenty-one-year-old or twenty-two-year-old or even an eighteen-year-old. But somebody in the locker room's got to be seeing what's happening and say, "That's not a, that's not good enough." And it's got to go to the other players and say, "Hey, we got to be accountable to each other." Because it's, it's not happening from the coaching staff. It's not happening from the coaching staff. Because if it did, this kind of nonsense wouldn't keep happening. And I mean, you could go back. You can go back to so through so many games where we've had these kind of discussions. You know, even before this podcast, when I would just do this video and I'd cuss like a sailor on it, which I can't do now. Thank goodness. Huh. <sighs> So tomorrow night, Pittsburgh, we'll see how that goes. Pittsburgh got absolutely walloped by Michigan. We miss out on a championship game again. That sucks. And I mean, at least last year, we were playing a team that would end up the number one team in the country and the number one seed in the tournament. And we fought, fought our tails off against them. It's just we had a couple of moments of self-sabotage. I mean, this is – the funny thing is we felt the polar opposite from – how we felt with the first two games from last year with this year. And now this loss is the polar opposite of that Baylor one, where you could at least walk out of that game saying, okay, we definitely sabotaged ourselves. But in general, that's the kind of effort that represents the jersey. Uh, okay, Deloach for Zach, Zach Hines asking about Jalen Deloach's game tonight. I'm not going to agree with everybody that he shouldn't dribble the ball ever because he's got some back-to-the-basket game. But in general, Jalen Deloach does have a problem that he's not going to get all the way to the rim. 
and he needs to get all the way to the rim because he needs to be laying the ball in or dunking it. And he does have a little jumper, but he's it's not there yet. And that's the problem. And I'll agree with you, Cameron Hines and Doug Hines both. Cameron Hines says they have heart, they play hard, they just aren't put into place to be successful. Yes. And Doug Hines says, oh, yes, we love those moral victories. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm as guilty as anybody of that kind of stuff. I'm as guilty as anybody. And I, and I agree with that, Zach. There are times when Deloach will get himself in bad spots sometimes. But here's the other thing. You know what he did tonight that was really good? And unfortunately, we didn't take advantage of it too often. Deloach would get himself maybe too far in the basket and he'd kick it out. One thing about Jalen Deloach, he's an incredibly excellent passing big man. He is getting that ball out to somebody. And, of course, perfect example, the play where he gets attacked. He kicks that thing out. I think it's to John's in the corner, and John should be shooting it. And instead, he goes for a ball fake and tries to drive it and gets a travel. And then Deloach gets tech. Ah! I just walloped my head with my hands. Because that, that that's a head palm deal. And that's the thing. It's like, if Johns makes the right decision there, Deloach doesn't get that technical. If Kern makes, not Kern, if Nunn makes the right decision, he not, not only does he not get a charge, VCU gets the lead in the last two minutes. All right, so that's it. Hopefully I'm going to get done with work early enough to watch the game and be live with you here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. And by the way, if you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, please join. We have a good time in the game threads most of the time, even when it's going like this. And, you know, we do these live videos along with the podcast right after the game. You know, uh, and Gene Cox, that's a great point. Why didn't we see Toby Lowall tonight? Why didn't we see Toby Lowall tonight? I, he showed me plenty in the first two games. And granted, we played a lot of players tonight, so I can't really complain about that. But we didn't see Toby Lowall tonight or Fermin. And Fats Phillips only gets four minutes. And that's kind of hard to understand because none and Jackson had plenty of fouls on them. So you'd have thought we'd see Fats Phillips a little bit more. So that's a head scratcher, Gene. That's a good, very good point. That is a head scratcher. Mm. Let's hope they learn. I mean, it's a lot, it's it's ridiculous to expect them to learn from this because they haven't learned the other times. But if they're gonna have a game like this, have it now. Because I don't want to have that because if we have a game like this at Dayton, or we have a game like this at Loyola of Chicago, or we have a game like this at some of these other conference games, I I'll just I'll spew up. I'll spew up. Jeffrey Ackerman asks, who is the go-to guy if we don't have Ace on there? Well, no, no, we don't have a Melvin Johnson, Travion Graham, or Vince Williams. But the thing is, we've got a lot of guys that can be the go-to guy for a, for a possession here or possession there. Like, none can be that go-to guy at times. Watkins can be that go-to guy at times. Johns can be that go-to guy at times. So that's, and even Deloach. Yeah, Deloach certainly could be. And that should be the that should be our, to our advantage, is that we have a lot of options. And we have a lot of ways we can go, 
And you can't really key on one guy. But we definitely need Ace to be conducting the orchestra. And, and Doug Hines makes a good point. Maybe if you have too many players playing to actually have a go-to guy, then you don't really have a go-to guy. <sighs> oh, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of these kinds of losses. <laughs> I just can't stand it. Because it's, it is so preventable. It is so preventable. And, and, and yeah, Bruce, that's right. Well, we said that after the game. We said that. That Ace should probably be the only player getting 30 minutes. Well, he's not out there, so Jaden Nunn gets 36. And you just got to wonder if Jaden Nunn wasn't just physically tired but was mentally tired at the end because he made some terrible damn decisions. Granted, he's made these kind of terrible damn decisions to go – decisions before so you really can't say it's that and yeah Doug Hines Mike Rhodes is not a good in-game coach and there's <laughs> there's so many examples I don't even want to get into them all but this is another one so all right so that's it you know hopefully I'll be here with you live tomorrow night if not I'll re-watch the game and drop a pod for you uh, the following day which will be Friday so I want to thank everybody for listening. Everybody in the chat with the comments, I thank all of you because that adds to the podcast. So I really appreciate it when we can do live videos and have uh, and have good questions and good comments and good feedback. Uh, tip jar on Podbean and, and and the links in the description. To, if you want to leave us a little cash, I really appreciate it when you do. You'll certainly get shouted out when you do that. We thank you very much for supporting this podcast because I enjoy it. My producer enjoys it. Even on nights like this, because I'll be honest, it's it's good to talk this out and vent a little bit. So, thank you all for listening. Appreciate it as always. Uh, talk to you, you know, see you in podcast. If you listen to this podcast land, thank you for listening uh, on Thursday. And, you know, hopefully see you tomorrow night for a live video. And if not, Friday in podcast land. But hopefully at least getting a win at Pittsburgh. You get Pittsburgh and getting the one and one. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.